You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What's going on? This is the Decoding Success Podcast, and you are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie. First and foremost, I want to welcome you to the show. Extremely grateful that you are here, that you're rocking with us. If you're new to the show, welcome. I think that's absolutely huge for me to say. Welcome. Excited to have you. Would absolutely love to connect, so make sure you're hitting me up on social. Let me know how you found us. And if you have been part of the Decoding Success Faithful for however long, excited to have you back for yet another episode episode and this is not an episode that you want to miss because we are not letting up any steam by the way we're we're getting close to our one year mark and i want to just let that be known we are not going anywhere in fact we are going into year two even stronger than year one as you can probably tell by today's guest since i mentioned the word stronger we are joined today by natalie jill who is a fat loss expert turned high performance coach who helps individuals age and reverse and level up their lives. At age 48, she herself has rebuilt and created everything from nothing three times over. She is gifted at helping individuals uncover what is holding them back from results and guiding them to uncover and then master their true passion and callings for a life that thrives. In the process, Natalie has created a globally recognized brand with well over 2.5 million social media followers worldwide, two best-selling books, recognition from Forbes and Greatest several years running as one of the top health and wellness influencers in the entire world. Some of her newest accomplishments include her newly released book, Aging in Reverse, and on top of that, she is the creator and host of the top-ranked podcast, Leveling Up, creating everything from nothing. I highly suggest you checking that out, and you'll be able to find a link to that in the show notes of this episode. On top of that, she founded and started the movement for Aging in Reverse that has officially launched in October of this year, 2019. Natalie, we are super excited to have you on here, decode your success and amplify your message. We're going to be getting to that in just a little bit. In the meantime, I want to give a huge shout out to our partners who help make these episodes happen twice per week, literally every Tuesday and Thursday. It's all because of our partners and the amazing guests just like Natalie that hop on here. Our first partner of today's show is Gen M. Now, if you're a business owner, if you've tuned into the show before, you've probably heard me talk about it. And honestly, I continuously rave about this. I personally use them here at 1B Branding at my agency in New York City. It has been an absolute game changer. Companies like Airbnb also use Gen M. So if you're in the market for scaling your team or growing your team, however you want to refer to it as, if you're in the market for growing your team and you don't necessarily have the capital to pay a salary, Gen M offers remote interns. And I'm going to say that again, they're remote. So they could be working from anywhere in the country, remote interns to help you level up in your business. They can take tasks off of your plate. And remember, it's super important to only focus on the tasks that you need to focus on. And Gen M's interns can help you do just that. To give you some insight into the process, you go onto their platform, you sign up for their platform, which is free initially. You sign up for their platform, you search or refine your search 
storage on their database for what you're looking for, whether that's graphic design, SEO help, social media management help, website building from WordPress, all that good stuff, everything in between. Honestly, the list goes on with the skills that you can refine your search based off of. You can refine your search based off of location, language spoke, the list goes on. And then from there, you're able to select candidates to interview. Once you match up with them, kind of like a Tinder type thing, but it's not really a Tinder type thing. Shout out to Tinder. Once you do all that good stuff, you then have the opportunity to communicate all on their platform. You can schedule a meeting on the platform. You could do a video call or a voice call over the platform. And then boom, once you find someone you are compatible with that fits your business, that has the skills you need, you can go ahead and hire them as an intern. The contract and all that good stuff is on the platform. So you don't have to worry about any of the legal stuff as well. Interns will work for you for 10 hours plus per week. My interns have worked way more than 10 hours. They've graciously done that. They've wanted to do that, but I do want to let you know that it is disclosed that they should only be working 10. On top of that, they will be with you for 90 days. And I am telling you for 90 days, for one quarter of the year, this costs less than $200. If I haven't won you over yet, listen, I don't know what will. It is an absolutely amazing platform. Again, I personally use it. Companies like Airbnb uses this as well. To check them out, all you have to do is head over to the link in the show notes of this episode. I would verbally say it, but it's a confusing kind of link. So check out the link in the show notes of this episode. And secondly, I want to give a huge shout out to Audible who has been rocking with us since day one. If you are looking to optimize your net time, meaning no extra time, that is your time when you're on the bus commuting to work, on a plane traveling to Europe, and you're there without Wi-Fi for eight, nine, ten hours, whatever the case is, right? If you're laying on the beach, just chilling, catching a tan, in the gym, on the treadmill, in, I don't know, biking, whatever the case is, you get what I'm saying, no extra time. If you want to optimize that net time, Audible will help you do that. And luckily, with our partnership between Decoding Success and Audible, anyone that's listening to this episode right here, right now, has the ability to claim a totally free, yes, totally free, no strings attached, at all, complimentary, however you want to frame it, you do not pay a dime, you can get yourself a totally free audiobook of your choice, any book on the Audible platform. Seriously, it is a deal that I took up and many, many individuals that tune into our show have taken up and they have absolutely loved it and are grateful for that. So with that said, shout out to Jen M, shout out to Audible, and now without further ado, Natalie Jill. Natalie, first and foremost, super excited to have you, super grateful to have you, really excited to amplify your message. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Matt. Of course. Now, first question, straight off the bat, this is how we kick off every episode. I have to ask you, how do you personally define success? Gosh, um, success to me uh, means being in a state of uh, presence, being able to be present without being worried about the future, without focusing heavily on the past, just being able to truly live in the present um, would be success to me. I love that. Now, do you have anything to help you stay in that present moment? Do you have any practices or rituals, habits, anything like that? Gosh, um, it's a constant reminder. It's not an easy thing. Uh, and I literally have a tattoo on my forearm right now that says the word surrender. And surrender means a lot of things to me. But it, one of the things it reminds me to do is it reminds me to be uh, surrendered to the present moment. 
I love that. I love that. Yeah. I feel like as individuals that perform at super high levels, whether you're, I don't know, a top level executive in the C-suite, whatever, an entrepreneur, real estate agent in fitness, whatever the case is, I feel like it oftentimes gets rather difficult to stay in that present moment. So I always like to understand how individuals find themselves staying in there, you know, whether that is meditation or, you know, having a tattoo reminder. I think that's a great idea. I mean, that, that's permanently there, right? Yeah, that's why I did it. I mean, if you think about like your most um, memorable times in life, good or bad, uh, most fun, uh, worse, you can remember everything about those moments. You remember what it smelled like, who you were with, what it felt like, what you were thinking, what you were wearing. And because you were super hyper present. Um, and I think we go around most of our lives not being present. We're so focused on what happened or what's going to happen. Uh, most of it's worry about things that will never happen <laughs> that we think might, and we're not truly living. So to me, it's like the most critical thing. If you can master that, that's success. Yeah, for sure. Now, let me ask you, how has your definition of success developed over maybe the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Do you see any like major differences? Yeah. I mean, I, success to me for years um, just meant financial, like being or a recognition. So it was measured by how much money you're making and how many people like you, how many, you know, what, what's your worth there. And it's what I realized is that puts you on a rat race and a chase. And when things don't go as planned or someone doesn't like you, or you don't make as much money or something happens, then at least I say you, but me definitely, and many I've helped and talked to will feel sort of lost. Um, and like they're not enough. And that is the opposite of living and authentically being you. A hundred percent. Now I totally resonate with that, especially that financial aspect of defining success as that. I mean, I'm 26 years old now, but looking back five years ago, maybe even a little bit more fine, you know, financial success was how I defined it completely. You know, there was no other definition of it. Now I, I'm curious, what was it that sparked the change for you to realize that success now for you is, you know, being in that present state as opposed to finance mm -hmm. and how many people liked you? I think it took many times of having failures um, and being lost with those failures and wanting to search and understand what that is all about. Like, why can I be on top of the moon one minute and then a failure or a perceived failure uh, made me question my identity and who I was. And that really had me searching uh, for what, what's that about. Um, but it took many uh, failures, ups and downs, times of turmoil, times of stress to really get to that. Yeah. Now, what was, and this word might not be the best to ever describe a failure, but what was your most memorable or probably impactful is a better word in, you know, most impactful failure? Do you have like one that stands out and was like, wow, this like really <sighs> shaped me? I have so many and I feel like they continue to happen and I, and I work on when they do happen, like embracing what's the lesson behind this and what's on the other side of this. I would say most recently, because um, I've had so many, most recently was a few years ago, um, my business on the outside looked like it was just completely thriving. Uh, it was bringing in a lot of money, had a lot of clients, had a lot of customers, I had a big social presence. It, on the outside, everything looked like kind of perfect. And um, it was financially falling apart. And the reason it was financially falling apart was not because there was no um, money coming in, but I wasn't 
looking at the numbers. I didn't believe that I should look at the numbers. I believed that I was focused in my creative genius and should be just doing what I do. And I don't want to be bothered with numbers. So I didn't look at them. And that was in my gap big time. Um, and in, and I, in addition to not looking at numbers, I kept thinking I needed to hire more people, that somebody knew more than me, someone was smarter than me. So I was spending a lot of money. Um, and it took like three things happening at one time for me to really get to this spot of like, whoa, I need to change things. Um, the first thing that happened was I started realizing that my bank account was drastically in trouble. And I didn't understand because I was working so hard. I had so many people. I had all the right people. I thought I was bringing in income and I didn't understand how I could be bringing in so much and doing all the right things, but be losing so much money. So that was happening. And my only solution I knew was just to work harder and working harder was not fixing the problem. So that was happening. Uh, The second thing that was happening is that my husband, um, who was my second husband, um, was frustrated with me because he felt like all I was doing was working and all I cared about was working. So he was second guessing, did he even want to be married to me? So that was, that was definitely rocking my world upside down because I didn't expect that. And then the third thing was I ruptured a disc in my back. So my whole identity was in my fitness and nutrition business. And here I'm somebody that's supposed to be an expert on that. And I ruptured a disc in my back. So, and I had actually lost use of my right leg when it happened um, and ended up in emergency surgery. So I had like these three things happen huge in my world at one time, which forced me to not be able to just fix it from what I know, which was just working harder and really take a look at everything. Interesting. Interesting. Now, a whole bunch of questions just spurred from Mm -hmm. hearing you say all this. So the first one has to be about balance. You know, I I think balance is defined differently by everyone, right? Because everyone's lives are are different. We're all different. In fact, the only thing we have in common is the fact we have differences, right? So I'm curious, how did you find balance in your life and what advice would you give anyone that's seeking it in theirs? Gosh, I don't know that I've still found it. I don't know that I found it yet. Um, so I don't know that I love the word balance. I like the word present better because I think we can find enjoyment and fulfillment and live in any experience if we are fully present. So whether that's working or taking care of yourself or just walking or driving or whatever, the more present you are, the more experiences you open yourself up to. So that's more that. So what I do work on now is like in anything I'm saying yes to, I really look at like, why am I saying yes to this? What am I, and am I going to be fully present and engaged in it? And that's what makes me feel alive and balanced and healthy and fulfilled. When I don't do that, when I'm constantly like jamming my schedule or creating a massive to-do list or chasing, that's when I feel off kilter and completely not present. And that's when I don't feel good. Interesting. Okay. Definitely something to keep in mind. I love that. In fact, I like to say that we have, instead of work-life balance, we have work-life choices. And I think that you know ties... It ties in very well to what you just said. Now, I have to ask you, I am, and I hate to even claim this name, but I am the king of injuries. Okay. <laughs> I've torn my labrum in both of my shoulders. I mm-hmm. am currently nursing um, something that may be an Achilles injury. I'm hoping it's not. I just ran my first 8K in Central Park here in New York City, and uh-huh. I, I, I ran it on a, on a pretty bum leg, but I still did it. So I'm curious, you know, when you're facing something of that nature, you know, how do you find yourself getting, you know, and I hate to even say getting over it because it's not really getting over yeah. with it. Well, you don't have a choice because the choice, it, you, well, you do have a choice. The choice is be a victim to it 
and let life happen to you, or you can be empowered from it and find the meaning and find the workaround. And that's what I choose to do every time. And I'm not saying I don't have a pity party for myself when things happen because I do, but I refuse to stay in victim mode. It's the same thing for years uh, with my fat loss programs. Uh, I would tell people my slogan was excuses or solutions you decide. And some people would find that harsh, but to me, that's me seeing them in their higher power and, and what's possible and what's available for them. Because if I let you enroll me in your excuses and what's wrong, then what chance do you have to be better? Like if you say to me, this happened to me and now I can't do this. So it sucks. By me saying, you're right, it sucks. How do you, how do you get better? I mean, like how you don't. Um, so to me, that's doing a disservice. That's not a good coach. That's a horrible way to be. Um, and it's not standing for somebody. So to, for me, I think things have not happened to me. They've happened for me. So I believe that that injury, as much as that sucked and I still deal with consequences from it, it's really shaped me and grown me because here I was like known for fitness and fat loss and my abs, like things, my abs were like the thing. And I'm being told like, you now have no disc between L5 and S1. Like you cannot do crunches. You cannot do this stuff. Like your core is going to change. I'm told all these things and I could easily say, okay, my career is over. This is done. And nobody would challenge me. Everyone would say, yeah, we understand that sucks. That happened to you. But I refused to take that on. Instead, it was like, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? What's, the, what's on the other side of this? What, how can I be the exception to the rule? What can I change? What can I do? And that's empowered me and it's empowered others. For sure. And that reminds me of my mentor who has this little saying, it's an equation or a formula, it's E plus P equals O. And it stands for the events that we go through in life aren't necessarily something that we can control. But what we can tr control is that perspective, right? E plus P oh. equals O. And that's what really determines the outcome. So I, I, I admire the fact that you have that mindset. And you know, you brought up your programs and your business a few times now. So I would love to ask you, was fitness always the goal for you? Like when you were a kid, did you know like, hey, this is the path that I want to go down? Nope. Uh, in fact, that's not at all what I wanted. I just wanted to make money as a kid. I remember thinking like that would make my parents proud. I'm just going to make money. That's what I wanted. And um, my first, uh, I was a salesperson. I mean, I, I, my very first job was at a dental lab. Then I, I sold dental uh, laboratory stuff. And then I moved into corrugated boxes. And I did that because I had a friend uh, that I heard made a hundred thousand a year doing that. And I was like a hundred thousand dollars. And this is, you know, I'm, I'm 48 now. So this is almost 30 years ago. To me, that was like so much money. So of course I was going to do that. And then I went from that to medical sales. Um, so I spent years um, in medical device sales and then being a sales director. And it wasn't until I had one of my first and major rock bottoms after I had my daughter uh, 30, when I was 35, this is back in 2007, 2008, the stock market and the financial crisis here. Um, I had just had my daughter. I was going through a divorce and I was also in my own financial massive stress for the first time in my life. And I was on the verge of losing my house and um, really everything that I had built. So I was in that spot going through a divorce, financial crisis, losing my credit. Um, also, I gained a lot of weight and was super depressed. I was forced to look at who, what am I doing and who am I supposed to be? And by me sharing authentically what I was going through at that time and working first on my body and my mind and my workouts and my nutrition and sharing that, I grew a following uh, initially that were interested in that too, just for me being myself. And my first product was born. And that's what launched me into the fitness and nutrition space. And I just kept adding value and sharing and offering solutions for people. And that put me on the map. And that's what brought me to being one of the top fitness experts from that. Wow. So you have a very admirable journey. I give you so much credit for all that you've been through and all that you've Thank been you. able to overcome. I think that's really remarkable. Now, 
What was the transition from corporate to business owner? Like, I'm always curious when individuals mention this because I just recently did it. Did it. I left my job with Damon John in mm-hmm. early 2019. That was my first job out of college. And mm-hmm. I, I loved it, but uh, I wanted to get back to my you know entrepreneurial ways. So I'm curious what that transition like was for you and if there's any advice you'd give to yourself if you had like a time machine to go back in time. Yeah. So I don't believe, I still don't believe that I'm really like cut out to be an entrepreneur. It's so funny. Like, I guess I am an entrepreneur, but that's not my, that's never been what I set out to do or be. Um, authentically me likes to empower people and as I walk through things to teach it. And that is what I do still. I think corporate served me well because I had the protection of not having to be an entrepreneur. I didn't have to worry about the numbers. I didn't have to worry about hiring people and running the business. And when I was forced to make a choice and leave corporate and do my own thing. Um, it was very scary for me. Um, and it, and it, I'm not, it, being an entrepreneur is probably the hardest life lesson I've ever had. I mean, it's, it's very challenging, but I don't know that everyone is cut out to be one or should be one. I think everyone does have a passion and a calling and you should find that, but the outlet you choose to put it in, whether that's your own journey or working for somebody, that's a very personal choice. And I can't say I would say do one over the other. It's very personal for people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Now you were able to do something that a lot of people wish and dream of being able to do. And that's kind of turning your hobby into your business. So do you feel there are any necessary, necessary steps to being able to do that, you know, beyond understanding like, Hey, my hobby can be a business or can't be a business. Yeah. Um, there's, there's three things and there's only three things and everything else works itself out. One decide. And that, I would say that with anything in life um, that you're changing, you want to lose weight, you want to earn money, you want to create a business, you want to get married, whatever it is. The number one thing that you have to do first is make a decision. I don't mean like, I'm going to try, I'm going to wait and see, I'm going to wish for luck, I'm going to hope for, it's I decide. Like I've decided that this is happening and it, it needs to be a very clear conviction and a decision and a declaration around it. So that's the number one thing. The second thing is you've got to have a vision. Um, if you don't have a vision, you will get lost. Like if you get in a car and you just start driving, where do you end up? Like it depends. I mean, it depends. Like where do you feel like it? How's the traffic? How much money do you have? How much gas in your tank? Where are your friends? Like there's just too many variables. And I think too many people go through life or starting a business without a vision. Like they don't have a clear destination and then they wonder why they didn't get there <laughs> because they never decided where that was. So when you get in a car, if I said, let's all go to New York uh, to visit you, and we're all clear on why we're going there and what it's going to feel like when we get there and how to, you know, that that's happening and we've decided, then it doesn't matter how we get there. Some might drive to the airplane, some might drive to the train station, but everyone's going to get to New York to see you because they're clear on their vision. So in life, too many people have no clue what they want. They just say, I want to be happy. And that's not a vision. So number two is get very clear on what it is you want, like who you're serving. What do you want to create? What do you want to live like when you get there? What does it smell like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? You have to get clear on your vision or there's no point in jumping and doing something with your hobby. And then number three is you got to commit to the process, whether that's up and down, um, easy, hard, whatever, it's committing. When you're very clear on your vision, my gosh, I've interviewed hundreds of entrepreneurs on how they created everything from nothing. And really all of them, it's that same process. They were decided, they were clear on their vision and then the how worked itself out because they were so committed to their vision. For sure. Those three things are really key. And I want to start with the first one. I'm curious because someone actually just asked me this yesterday. So how do you find yourself 
becoming more decisive, you know, and I, I'm really big on, this is how I do it. I, I actually publicize everything that I'm going to do. So for instance, yeah. if I'm gonna come out with an ebook tomorrow, or I'm going to start a podcast, I'll put it out there and say, Hey, on this date, I'll have this because that to me, you know, by putting it out in the public, it's like, okay, if I don't come through on that, I'm going to look like a fraud and I can't look like a fraud because I'm real. Yeah. Right. So I'm curious, how do you find yourself becoming more decisive? Yeah. So, well, first of all, that's an oxymoron. You can't be more decisive. You either are or you're not. It's like, are you pregnant or are you not? Like there's no either or. You can't be more decisive. So you're either not decisive and you're flaky or you're decisive. It's like an either or. So first I would tell people, recognize that. Like number one, you have the power to make a decision, period. Like decide. And then what you just said, which falls right into the next step of deciding and that's declaring. So by declaring it publicly, you're much more likely to do it. So, so many people are shared, are so scared to share their vision or their goals, but it's in that act that you are solidifying your decision by declaring it. I love that. I love that. I'm over here taking notes, by the way, because <laughs> I love all it. stuff is a refresher for me too. So okay. moving on, right? We talked about business. What do you feel like has been your biggest takeaway from being in business for yourself? Is there something that, you know, being in business for yourself has taught you that you may not have realized <laughs> previously? Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, I would say there's so many, but my biggest lesson is if you don't understand something, there is no escape. Like you have to figure it out. You cannot just count on somebody else to do it. That's where I really went wrong uh, for years in business. I would not like or want to understand something like, I don't like numbers or I don't want to learn how to run this part of my business or I don't. And I would just trust that somebody else was doing it well. And that was the biggest mistake I ever made in business. If you are going to be in a business for yourself, you have to to learn every aspect first. Now, I'm not saying do every aspect, but you have to learn it first before you can delegate. If you delegate too early, you will lose on that. Yeah, I love that. Did you ever find yourself asking for help in those situations where you may not have known something or, you know, you were mentioning numbers. Mm -hmm. And the reason I ask that is because as business owners or whatever we are, you know, sometimes, you know, we we're very prideful and we don't want to ask for help. So I'm curious, you know, I always yeah. like to ask and uh, so yeah. I, I did, but not the right way. So the right way would be, I'm trying to figure this out. What's the best resource so I can learn this first? Okay, that would be the right question. The wrong way I would ask is, I don't understand this. Can you do this for me? <laughs> or who can do this for me? And by doing that, that was in my gap. That was a huge blind spot because you're leaving it open for people to take advantage of you, for people to charge way more than something would cost, to be lazy, to not care like you do. And that's very real. That is a very real thing. And the reason I did lose, and I say millions in business, was that from me thinking somebody else knew more than me and I didn't want to learn it first. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, it's super important. Listen, like I said, taking notes because I just launched my, my own business as well again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anything, this is, this is mentorship yeah. for me too. I love it. What could you say to positively influence someone tuned in right now to focus more on their health? And I bring up this question because oftentimes we mm -hmm. will take action in a way that's kind of responding to something that happens to us. Yeah. So if we could be ahead yeah. of the ball, you know? So it's so crazy, but people spend years neglecting their health because they're putting business and earning first, right? And then they spend all their earnings and destroy their business trying to fix their health. So it's really backwards. Um, and it's really proven over time. You can talk to anyone that's struggling with health later in life and they'll tell you that same theme. Um, your body is your vehicle. 
if your body is not healthy, if it's not in fighting shape, if you don't have mental clarity, if you're not working on your gut health, if you're not making your body a vessel to support everything else, nothing else is going to, to thrive. I mean, that is your, that is your vehicle to get things to the next level. So it's selfish to not take care of your body because you're not serving other people. You can't support other people. You can't thrive. You can't empower people if you haven't taken care of yourself. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, especially if you want to perform at a high level, you know, the, you know, the amazing individuals like yourself and the the Kobe Bryant's of the world's and whomever else, right. That perform at the highest of levels, they take care of themselves like that. So on that point or to that point, you know, if you're someone that's literally traveling, you're hopping from plane to plane or in and out of meetings, what would be your advice to make sure that you're maintaining a, a somewhat healthy lifestyle? Yeah. So I don't know that I have like one piece of advice, but I can tell you for me, and it took, took me a year. I mean, I'm 48 now. It took me years to get to this point, but I put myself first at all times. Um, you know, there's an expression uh, that I learned from my friend, Sean Whalen, who uh I recently interviewed and he, he said the king always eats first and he explained it and you think, look at like the jungle who eats first. I mean, the lion does, he doesn't care what everyone else is doing. The lion naps when he wants to nap, he eats when he wants to eat and he takes care of the rest of the jungle. Like people respect the king, (laughs) the king protects and provides for everybody else. And if you don't put yourself first, you will burn out and you can't serve others. So to me, I really deliberately, um, look at my schedule and think of that. So for instance, um, for months now, I do not book any work uh, calls, meetings, appointments on Fridays, period, ever. It doesn't happen. And it doesn't mean I don't work on Fridays. It just means I don't book anything on Fridays because I want that space to be able to think, to be able to be flexible, to be able to be creative, to be able to take on something that came up last minute that I want to do, to be able to take care of myself. So I put that in place deliberately on Fridays. And I can't tell you, but every, it's not skipped one week, every single week, somebody else has something urgent. They think I need to do that Friday. And I had to train, you know, them and myself, I'm not budging. It's not happening. (laughs) Like it's it's not happening. Now, if I want to do it, it's different, but it's, um, just giving myself that freedom, putting that place. I do the same thing with, um, meetings, calls, interviews. I, it is very, very rare that I book something on my calendar before 10 a.m. my time because I want the mornings to get grounded with myself. Now, I might make exceptions to the rules sometimes, but I would say most mornings, you won't find me on an interview or a meeting before 10 because I'm going to put myself in that space first where I have time to journal, to eat my breakfast, to take my daughter to school, to actually have a conversation with her without being stressed out, to be able to you know, go for a walk or do my workout. Like it's, that's my space to, to do that. So I put things in place on my calendar to make it a priority. And for anyone that says they don't have time or it's not possible, they're lying to themselves because they absolutely can. Cause we all have the same amount of time in a day and it's about creating and making those decisions. It's always about creating and making those decisions. So you can, it might take you months out to get that in place, but you can do that. You can create that on your calendar. Yeah, for sure. You know, no one can drink from your glass unless, you know, you have it full for yourself first. So, you know, that makes sense. Now, what's something you're proud of that most people don't know about you? Let's see. What I'm most proud of is my daughter and what she, my daughter's 12 years old and she amazes me with things that she tells me and that she's learned. And when I start to see my influence on her through her own eyes and ears and her words, it, that makes me so proud. So my, just my birthday, uh, 
recently my daughter made me this card and she wrote me this letter. Um, and it started, um, if you don't know Natalie Jill, she is. And she wrote all these amazing things that I've never heard somebody write about me. And then she wrote it from her perspective and she said, as my mom. And she wrote all these amazing things about how I believe in her and I encourage her. And it just made me feel so proud and complete. Like, oh my gosh, like everything in my life was to be able to teach that to her. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I'm listen, I'm I'm not there yet. I haven't created yet, but I could only imagine what that is like and being a mother is a full-time job, so I give you so much credit for that. Thank you. Uh, shout out to all of the moms, seriously. Now, what is a piece of advice that you received whenever that still resonates with you today and who gave you that piece of advice? Oh, probably my dad. Um, he said it's no one else's fault. And I've always believed him because it isn't because there's no freedom. There's no success. There's nothing in blame. If you stay in blame, you might be right. But it's never going to help you get better. So my dad never wanted to hear that it was anyone else's fault. So I don't ever blame. Um, I might for a moment, like in that instant, it feels good but I always shift out of it and I realize it's not their fault. How did I bring this on? Now, somebody listening might take offense to that. Like, well, I didn't bring on this. But like, if you stay stuck there, you are putting yourself in jail and throwing away the key. So you must find a way to get out of victim mentality and realize that it's no one else's fault and find humility in in that. Like even somebody that harms you, like typically hurt people hurt people. They probably have an awful childhood, something that happened bad to them. You've got to find something there to get out of blame or you stay stuck in jail. For sure. For sure. Now, on the topic of advice, what's a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but it proved to be true over time? Mm-hmm. Advice that I didn't want to hear. Um, hmm. So, I mean, I guess for years I was told I was ADD. I had learning disabilities. I had all these things and I believed it, you know, and I, and I put a meaning to those things that wasn't a good meaning. And I, I, I own it now. Like I, like, okay, got it. I was ADHD, but why do people put a meaning to that, that that's a bad thing? So, you know, teachers would say, you don't pay attention to school. Well, to me, they just weren't interesting. <laughs> so, so yeah, I was putting my focus where I'm interested. So to me, ADHD is creativity. It is free will. It is, um, we, we, uh, high rates of success in ADHD, um, if they're left to be creative. So why did I let others give me meaning to things when, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of being labeled. Yeah, for sure. You're using that as fuel now. I love it. I love it. Now, what is a question you wished more people would ask you and how would you answer it? I would, I'm going to say I, the question I wish people would stop asking me is what do you do? I hate that question because what do you do is such a weird question. It's like become this um, like standard weird question. And I wish people would be more curious about who we are. Like, who are you? Or what, do you, what interests you versus like, what do you do? Right, right. So on the topic, and this is the last question, just to wrap this up, you know, on the topic of who are you, if you could only be remembered for one thing, what would that one thing be and why? That I made somebody believe in themselves. Mm. So I love uh, the favorite part of what I do. And I've done many different things in my business. And, you know, even though my business started heavily in nutrition and fitness and fat loss, it's really moved to helping women age in reverse, um, really bringing back their authentic self, get out of the to-do list and fear of judgment and people pleasing and all those things. Time and time again, my successful clients, whether it's for fat loss or mindset or whatever it is, they say I gave them the gift of um, they felt believed in. 
and they felt empowered. And that to me is, you know, what are we all here for? So I, and when one of the things my daughter wrote in that card to me was, mom, you believe in me more than anyone. And that to me made me feel so good. Yeah, for sure. Listen, I'm, I remember when I spoke publicly for the first time, I was 24 years old. I spoke at a school here in Long Island, New York. And I, I jokingly say this, but I'm so serious. I was literally 15 minutes into this speech and I was just like so off track from what I planned. And I only remember in my head saying to myself, holy shit, this sucks. And it sucks so bad that all 65 students came up to me after and told me how great it was. And in that moment, I had like a butterfly feeling like almost a significant other was giving me butterflies. And Mm -hmm. it was fulfillment, you know, it was fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. being able to impact like that, I definitely resonate with what you said. And I'm glad that that was your answer. Because listen, at the end of the day, impact over everything. I I I love that. Mm, Thank you. Now, where can people keep up with you on social books? Where can people get the book, websites, programs, podcasts, all that good stuff? Thank you. Um, On social media, I'm Natalie Jill Fit everywhere except YouTube. I'm Natalie Jill Fitness, but all the main ones, I'm Natalie Jill Fit. My website is nataliejill.com. I do have two books in stores that are bestselling, uh, Seven Day Jumpstart, Unprocessed Your Diet. And then my newest one is Aging in Reverse. And then I have a podcast uh, called Leveling Up. And that's where I interview people about how they created everything from nothing. I love it. I love it. Again, Natalie, thank you so much for this opportunity. Truly grateful and excited to amplify this message. Thanks so much for having me. And there you have it from Natalie herself. Now, first and foremost, before getting into anything, I want to give a huge shout out to Natalie for bringing all of her experiences, her insights, her wisdoms, her knowledge, all of that good stuff to our ears today. Monumental episode right here. And I'm really grateful that we're able to amplify this to you right now who are tuned in. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely amazing. So with that said, I'm going to ask you to make sure you're connecting with Natalie. All of her links to socials and things of that nature can be found in the show notes of this episode. Everything from her YouTube channel to her Instagram to Facebook, books, all of that good stuff can be found in the show notes. So it is one click. Make sure you're connecting with her to keep up with her, all of her offerings, because she has some great stuff going on. As you heard from her herself, her podcast is phenomenal as well. It's something that I tune into. She's always asking the right questions. Absolutely love it. And at the end of every single interview, we like to dissect those few points which is exactly what we're going to do right now. I like to spur conversation. So if you're new here, we like to dissect these points because we like to spur conversation through text or through email or through social, just with the community that we have. And I'm going to talk about these three points. Although Natalie, I do have to say you made this rather difficult to only pick three. As I've mentioned in the interview, I was personally taking notes, um, jotting things down. A lot of stuff resonated with me and you know, I, I dissected it to these three points. And I want to start off with one of the points that was made in the beginning of the episode because I think it's something that we all really, really need to take into consideration. It's been said in different ways multiple times here on the show, and I really love the way that Natalie conveyed a lot of these points here. Now, the first point that I want to make is actually something that Natalie marked on herself for the rest of her life, and that is the word surrender. She has it right on her forearm or her wrist, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, right? And she mentions surrendering to the present moment, and she uses that as her reminder to do so. Now, I personally think as high-performing individuals with lofty goals, with massive goals, with 10x goals, we can either A, be so far in the future thinking about 
what it's like to have those goals. And that's totally okay. Manifestation is totally okay. And, you know, I just want to clear something up. Manifesting and living in the future are two separate things, right? They're, they're two completely separate things. Because when you manifest, you come back to the present. But when you stay in the future and you get down on your present self for not being there yet, that's harmful for you. That is not good for you. And as high-performing individuals, and me, myself, I've been guilty of it, we can get caught in that future self. Now, also, you can get caught in the past self when you think about, shit, I did X, Y, and Z three months ago and it took me down a road that I didn't want to go down or it took me down a road that I wasn't planning on going down. You get what I'm saying, right? And in fact, Patrick David, who hopped on this show, an amazing episode, he hopped on here and he talked about it. When you live in the future, you live in a state of anxiety. You create anxiety in your life. And when you live in the state of the past, in the, in the past state, the the past moments that have already been gone, they're, they're completely gone. When you live there, you become depressed, right? So this is the thing. I want to point this out. The, and I've said it before, actually, the future is not promised. The past is already gone. So the only thing that we truly do have is the present. So Natalie surrendering to that present moment is a really great reminder for all of us to, hey, this is where we are now. We need to live here. Not in 30 minutes from now, like literally right this second. These words coming through your ears, like you need to live right here in this moment. I think it's absolutely amazing that she mentioned it. And listen, that was a great way to kick off the show. Now, second point and another one that really hit home because this is something that I've been doing for quite some time consistently now, I want to say for close to two months. I've really been kicking it into overdrive and that is making my body a vessel. I have these really massive goals to impact the lives of 1 billion people. Now, I don't know what your goals are personally unless you've told them that I do know them, but if not, I don't necessarily know what they are. I am sure they are something along the lines of feeling fulfillment in life. You know, maybe it's family oriented. Maybe it's, um, listen, it's cool to be financially oriented too, but Whatever the case is, your body being on level 100 is extremely important for that to happen. You know, for you to be able to achieve your goals, your body needs to be a vessel. And it needs to be a vessel in multiple ways. It needs to be physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and so on. I think it is so important that we tend to ourselves, that we take care of ourselves on all of those levels. And I'm going to give you an example of what I've personally been doing over the past few weeks or months, whatever the case is. I have been making sure that I am techless in the morning. I have been doing the no tech challenge and you should be doing it too. This no tech challenge has absolutely shaped what I am doing. I wake up, I have no tech. Instantly, I'm allowed to or I'm able to tend to my mental and spiritual health. I make sure that I journal, start my day off with gratitude. I make sure that I am praying. I make sure that I'm doing a Tony Robbins priming exercise or a meditation to kick my day off, get me in the right state of mind before. And listen, it's not selfish. You're taking care of yourself. I do intermittent fasting on top of it all, so I may not be able to eat right away when I wake up, but I do make sure that I have my entire day planned out every 30 minutes in 30 minute increments, again, to make sure that I am mentally healthy. 
right? I'm not getting stressed out, fumbling around like, oh shit, what do I have to do today? All of these things are truly, truly helping me make my body a vessel. The way that I'm fueling myself on a spiritual, emotional, mental, physical level, it's insanely productive. It's insanely beneficial. And I promise you that this is working for me, so I do want to convey the message that you should try it. It's worked for Natalie as well. She takes her walk. She feeds herself properly, right? It's so, so freaking important. And clearly she works out. Her abs are freaking amazing. Lastly, I want to put you on to this uh, amazing, amazing point that she brought up towards the end of the interview. And it's something that has been conveyed in different ways. But again, like I said, I really love the way that Natalie conveyed it. She mentions putting yourself first. Putting yourself first. The king of the jungle eats first and does not give a shit what anyone else is doing. And the way that I like to say it is, you know, if your glass isn't full, who can drink from it, right? If your glass isn't full and it's kind of a few drops at the bottom and you give it to someone else, well then, okay, then what's gonna happen to you? You're gonna go thirsty. And it almost sounds overly selfish, but it's really not. You have to think that if you want to be able to achieve your goals, if you want to be able to put on for your family and provide for your family, well, then you need to be doing that for yourself before you can do so. I think it is so freaking important to put ourselves first. And I absolutely love what Natalie did. And in fact, I actually adopted something that she does, and that is nothing on Fridays. So right now on Fridays, I am not scheduling anything unless it's something that I want to do. In fact, I even shortened my window and my calendar link of when I'm doing things. It was previously like 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Well, you want to know what? I want to disconnect a lot earlier than 8 p.m. So some days it's six, some days it's seven. You know, it's incredible when you take control of your time and you take control of your life. It, oftentimes we want to bend over backwards, especially if we're entrepreneurs and we're a little hungry, we're a little thirsty in ways for clients or this or that. Well, listen, if it's meant to be, it's going to be. If it's divinely right for you, it's going to happen regardless. So keep that in mind. I, I really want you to keep that in mind. So to, to reiterate these three points, and again, very difficult to only point out three things here. Number one, surrender to the current moment, to the present moment, because it is absolutely the only thing that we have. The future is not promised and the past, listen, it's already gone. Secondly, make your body a vessel on multiple levels, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of that good stuff. Super, super important. Practice that no tech challenge. You can find it all over my social media. It's really, really important to do things of that nature, to challenge yourself, to give yourself back the day, right? Give yourself back the day. Lastly, put yourself first. And this kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, point number two, put yourself first. It is so important to be first, to be first so that you can put on and help other people become first, right? It's not a competition. I don't want it to be looked at that. It's not a competition at all, although it may have sounded like that when I just said it, but it is not. If you want to help other people be first and for them to compound that and help other people and help other people and help other people, you yourself need to get your glass full. So make sure you're doing that. Now, if this episode right here, if Natalie's insights, her experiences, her wisdom, her knowledge was of value to you, and listen, I know it was, I'm going to request that you make sure that you are sharing this with individuals in your circle, in your masterminds, on your social media channels. If you tag us, I promise you, I will make sure to repost you and shout you out. On top of that, if you have not left a rating and review, we are getting close to our goal of 200 ratings and reviews, especially if you're tuned in from iTunes, Apple products, whatever the case is there. That is what counts. We truly do appreciate it. And listen, if you're tuned in from Spotify or from 
SoundCloud or from Google Podcasts, it works for you too. We definitely do appreciate all of the support thus far, and we would appreciate it even more if you could help us reach that goal by sharing, rating, and reviewing. If you haven't followed me on social yet, let's make sure we connect. I am all over the place. You can just find my social links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, shout out to our partners, Gen M and Audible for helping us deliver such amazing content and bringing such amazing people onto this show. We truly do appreciate it. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.